This episode of The Gourmet Goober is brought to you by SoFoodie. That's foodie with a PH. SoFoodie is the go-to platform that highlights the stories and showcases the talent of brothers and sisters who are innovating and creating in the world of food and beverage. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at SoFoodie, that's foodie with a PH, or sign up for their email at SoFoodie with a PH dot com. This is JJ Outlaw and T Outlaw, and you are listening to a new episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. You can always find me, JJ Outlaw, like always <laughs> on the Twitter machines. I'm at JJ Outlaw. You can always find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. And as always, every week, <laughs> I'm here with my BFF, that dude, um, Cubs fan. That dude. Little brother in the corner. <laughs> Bro in the corner. Um, my hubby and co-host, Tiala. Hi, I'm Tiala. That is who she mentioned before. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as such on as on Twitter. <laughs> Are you sure? I hope you can. <laughs> at Tiala and on Instagram at Tiala Josie Wells, like the movie. Um, as always, you can find me on Facebook. Well, okay, we have a Facebook page, but to be honest, it's not as active as some of those other platforms. But if you are so, um, if you really want to connect to us on Facebook, you can find us at the Gourmet Goober blog, because we started off as a blog. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, speaking of the blog, you can always find us at thegourmetgoober.com where you can see old blog posts, new podcast episodes, old recipes, pretty much anything connected to all things Gooberland. Um, as we affectionately call our readers and fans, um, it'll be there. You can always drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com and you can actually leave us a voicemail, um, particularly if you're listening to us on Anchor. So there's a little button you can push and you can say hi and say welcome and just kind of give us your thoughts. So, um, but yeah, in kind, yes, please be kind. (laughs) We're all living in a very difficult world right now. So, um, please be kind. So this is a very special episode of the Gourmet Goober and we'll talk a little bit more in the next segment. Um, where we are celebrating a major milestone for our podcast, which I'm really excited about. 
But before going to that, we start every podcast talking about the details of our week. Um, our week is probably like your week. <laughs> um, I, How long have you been working from home now? Like, I've lost count of the days. I think it's been a month for me, just over a month. How about you? Okay. I should know this answer because... One of the things I do in sports media involves a daily page of things that are going on starting from the day that sports took a pause. And if my memory is correct, I'm in day 46. Yes. Yeah, because you started working from home even before, you know, everything just started like going to shit. (laughs) With this coronavirus. And I'm sorry, there's just no other way to say it. No, it's literally been, <laughs> I want to believe, like, a couple of days before St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, because you, unfortunately, Big Daddy, um, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that we actually missed an episode because Big Daddy was getting over the flu. And then um, right around that time, your bosses were like, hey, since you're already working from home, we feel that that whole sheltering place thing is going to happen here in Illinois. How would you like to do that full time kind of thing for a while? So you've just kind of been here ever since, right? Yes. I know what our walls look like. Yes. <laughs> and so I have been sheltering place. I think my last day um, in Chicago working at the nonprofit that I've been in is March the 20th. So like many of you, i am probably gotten way better than I've ever thought I would be at Zoom calls. Although, just as a side note, for those people who make Zoom, dude, you need to get on that fake background for people who have Chromebooks and Androids. Because I'm telling you, I've been on Zoom calls where the backgrounds have been totally badass. And I'm like, okay, I just hope that no one sees my cat going crazy behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I have to stay really still on my Zoom call so that no one can see BitBit trying to like fight me for the chair. <laughs> not apparently not all platforms can use a fake background. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yes. So the fake backgrounds right now are for MacBooks and iOS and some Windows big pro- um laptops. But I've been using my Zoom on my Android because it's not as effective on my Chromebook, I found out. Hmm. And, yeah, it's kind of annoying. So, So, yeah. uh, hmm. (laughs) Things you learn in quarantine. (laughs) So, does this mean, like, we need to get a MacBook? You just want a MacBook. Okay. (laughs) Big Daddy just wants a MacBook. (laughs) I used to be Mac... uh, (laughs) I used to be Mac uh, sufficient and PC dumb. Now I'm just dumb. <laughs> so anyway, um, outside of the madness that is Zoom calls, um, how was your week? Because I know that we usually start off talking with you and at least you had something to cover this week because of the NFL draft, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the great NFL draft that was virtual. Yes, it was uh, 255, of which I only dealt with 32. 
players who were selected by different teams. And for the most part, I mean, my week was just a hurry up and slow down and wait for things. But for the most part, it was just another quiet week at home. But yeah, uh, for the most part, there was not much that went on. I mean, other than, yes, setting up for the draft and, you know, the constructs of every day leading up to the draft. Like, every day was reading a story about how coaches, GMs, and their families, even the commissioner, all preparing. And I'm under the impression that they were all very edgy about doing, you know, the draft from home. Or in virtual spots, you know, including the the gym who had the IT guy in the Winnebago sitting outside his own house. Or the coach who had his wife making pancakes and the daughter doing social media for him. Wait a minute. They were making pancakes? Really? Yeah. At one point, the wife was making pancakes for her husband leading up to the draft. and. She was also like working the whiteboard while his daughter was doing the social media and helping him out by like with flashcards. Uh, plus, also, there was a, if I want to say it was an NFL coach or a GM, I couldn't remember exactly which one, who at one point, because they had to get all the different monitors, I don't know why you need that many monitors. Or television screens in your house on one wall. He had to actually have his wall torn out. What? Yeah, to be able to get all the equipment in. I don't know how small his little basement was, but yeah, he had to take out a wall just to get all the monitors and boards and screens set up for him just to do, I don't know, seven, eight picks in a three-day period. I hope they compensated from that. Like, he took, like, a whole ass wall for that. Mm -hmm. But I like to believe that was a... (laughs) Part of it was an expense report, you know. Think about putting that on your expense report. But two, Hale, I think he secretly just wanted those extra monitors in his house so he could be like, hey. Yeah, because I was just thinking, like, my job, because... I'm using my cell phone for work more often than I've ever had since I've been in this nonprofit. And so I'm excited because I got a memo from our associate director letting us know that we can expense up to $30 monthly for it. And I was like, yes. But I I thought I was kind of like getting away with murder being able to do that because, you know, nonprofits are kind of lean and mean. So the fact that they're letting us do that, Mm -hmm. but to go from that to, yeah, I'm just going to tear out this entire wall and put in this huge-ass monitor, and y'all are going to pay for it. <laughs> I imagine that's kind of a different type of expense report, one I'm not used to writing. <laughs> no, I'm of the impression that, yeah, I should call up, you know, my all my a major superior, sorry, my immediate supervisors and say, hey, um, so since I'm working from home, I'm going to need... <laughs> A 92-inch LED screen to be able to see things, even if there's no events that are live. Just so, yeah, just so I can see them. 
should totally try that. Because, look, look, hear me out. Yeah, I'm like, you can try that. Hear me out, hear me out. Because you work in sports media, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, watching the draft was kind of a thing, right? To be able to report on it and things like that and put it, you know, as part of your job. So, could we technically write part of our cable, like, in that, it's like business expense? Like, streaming that? Or, like, our cable bill? Yeah, I'm sure I can send them <laughs> the expense report, and then they can send me a nice little email back saying, ha, 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 nice try. So, you're saying that we won't be able to do that? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as being home all the time, you know, looking at the budget. <laughs> hey, you can't blame a sister for trying. Yes, it was a nice try, but no, it it was pretty, you know, it, it won't go that easily. But no, draft was the draft. Now, that wasn't the only thing that happened to you this week, right? I mean, we had a really spirited discussion not that long ago about an experience you had where you went shopping? Yes. Should I start the PSA now? <laughs> sure, why not? Ladies and gentlemen of the global community, <laughs> this is my PSA. Excuse me while I get up on my soapbox. <clears throat> Jesus is black. Ronald Reagan was the <laughs> devil. And... The government is lying about 9-11. No. <laughs> that was a bad joke. Anyway. That was from the boondocks, people. <laughs> yes. Not taking... That was not original for me. No, my PSA today, ladies and gentlemen, is about social distancing and good behavior in restaurants, stores... Sorry, maybe not restaurants, but stores, gas stations, and such. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. I went to... The pharmacy, a, you know, very popular pharmacy around, across the country, to pick up a few things and rubber bands. And I went in and I was quite flummoxed by the fact that there were people who were, one, not wearing personal I guess we'll just say PPE because that's what everyone says. Like gloves and masks or any kind of face covering. But also the fact that, you know, social distancing or as we better should say, physical distancing isn't always practiced as well as with other places. Let me start off by asking, and I'm not trying to make assertions about people or a subgroup of people, but why is it that one group of people as such are, you know, walking around with masks, coverings, gloves, walking around with hand sanitizers in their pockets and or carrying their stuff? in a nice organized fashion and cleaning and disinfecting their bags. Whereas another group is like, this is almost like a social inconvenience. That's first and foremost. But two, the fact that I was in standing in line in a certain spot 
And as you know now with everything that they are marking the floors to best lay out the distance in which to keep away from each other to practice as such. And there are some people who, I don't know, can't see the floor or they're just not paying attention. And as I told my wife, at one point there was a near discussion I had to have that was about to commence with me and someone else because they were standing behind me at a little too close to a distance where I had to look over my shoulder a few times to tell them, hey, in a non-verbal fashion, you might want to back up or else I'm going to have to give you something to back up for. But pretty much that's going to start off my PSA for now about social distancing and common manners. You know, it, it goes a little bit further than that because okay. a couple of weeks ago, remember a couple of weeks ago, I had to go out and get a printer. Yes. Because working from home, you know, our printer died a long time ago and it wasn't really that big of a deal. And now I have to send thank you letters when we get donations. And I'm just like, oh, crap. I need a printer. I killed it. <laughs> so that means that. I'll take a baseball bat to it. <laughs> oh, so that was you via like office space. You just totally knocked out our printer. Hey, hey, hey come <laughs> So anyway, I had to go to Walmart um, maybe about two weeks ago to get a printer. And I ordered it online. I went to Walmart to pick it up. It was totally full, even though we had a shelter in place. And I get it because. You know, people still want to go grocery shopping and everything. But I was just kind of, like, taken aback because, like, I walked in, and by that time I had, like, a facial covering on my face, and I was wearing gloves, and I walked in, and nobody else was doing it. And I was just like, people, do you not listen to the news? Do you not, like, watch the news? You know, they're, like, up against each other. No one is, like, wiping down anything. Everyone is freely touching, like, the carts and the machines and each other. And I'm just like, ew, unclean, unclean. I was like, like that little yeah. girl from Bob's Burgers who like spent the night at the slumber party. Remember that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> she like had a freak out because Louise was like telling her about all her mom's like nasty ways, supposedly. And she ran out shrieking, screaming, unclean, unclean. What were they like? <laughs> you know, the people from Walmart, like, Blowing out their social stench upon people? No, it was just like, like no one pen. was social distancing and they were all next to each other and they're like openly touching machines and no one was wearing masks or gloves or anything. And I'm just like, dude, this is the nastiest place ever. And so I've been avoiding it like the plague because I'm just like, how do you not protect yourself? This is no joke. Without going mm -hmm. into a lot of details. Um, because Big Daddy and Act, we talked about it, and so I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna go into a lot of explanation. Only I'm only gonna say that a loved one of mine, um, was in a situation where they had to be tested for the coronavirus because of just conditions where they were. They're essential worker, mm -hmm. and like many essential workers, they come in contact directly with people who have been known to have the coronavirus or who unfortunately have passed away from the coronavirus, right? Mm -hmm. 
So going through that experience of freaking the hell out and to the point where I had to stop working and I was just crying it at the table and Big Daddy stopped what he was doing and came and gave me a hug. It was right after a board meeting that I attended because I just, it's hard to go on and be separated from your loved ones and have them go through that and not be there to comfort them. And then you have to stress out because they interact with other loved ones of yours and just wonder about how that will play out in real time. Because people, you know, if you have it and you may be listening in a city that the coronavirus has not affected you. Meanwhile, odds are you haven't (laughs) are so far, Mm -hmm. but like we, we are living where we live is near two hotspots. And so if you think about it, Indianapolis is a hotspot for the coronavirus. And then Chicago is on fire. Yeah. Chicago is such a big thing that the McCormick Center, which is the largest convention center in the freaking country, they converted that to like a coronavirus staging area. Mm -hmm. Think about that. There's so many people that that's what they had to do. And so it's hard to wonder who's actually taking it seriously and who isn't. And so, please, this is me being on the soapbox. You know. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to get off my soapbox. My bad. <laughs> we can both stand together. It's a big soapbox. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. As Jennifer JJ over here is talking about all the nice social pig pins. Yes. And I just remember driving home and I was just like so overwhelmed. I like called my dad and I was like, look, I'm sorry. I just have to say this to somebody. He was some nasty ass SOPs at that grocery store. And my father started laughing. He's like, okay, they must be nasty because you don't cuss at me that often. I'm like, I know. Mm. <laughs> I just have to tell somebody. And Big, Big Daddy was working. <laughs> but all jokes aside, though, it was horrifying to the point where I want to go back because I happened to see that they had some. Clorox wipes, and they're so hard to come by. And lucky for us, we have like a lot, but they've extended the shelter in place for Chicago and Illinois to what, June practically? Yeah, end of May. End of May. So that means we have more than another month to go before we can go into the office. So that means we have another month of staying and cooking and disinfecting and like you were looking for all of that stuff. And so I have to weigh, like, I want to go back, and I know Walmart has it. But then again, I may just have to go in, like, a spray of, like, <laughs> disinfected spray, like, as people approach me. You know, kind of like, what was that um, Chris Rock movie um, where he runs for president? Oh, and, uh, head of state. Right. And Bernie Mac, when he gets off the um, train and he's smacking everybody. Instead of me smacking people, it'll be me like lysoling them as they come by. Just start as they as you walk past, you would just slap them and bleach upside the head. Like you will, you will take this sheet. You will take this sheet. You will take a wipe, and you will take a wipe, and you will take a wipe. Don't come within me. And I don't want to sound like I'm. I don't. I don't. I don't want to sound alarmist. Um, because obviously. You have to balance an abundance of caution with 
you have to go to the grocery store sometime. You just well, do. Okay, let me take a stab at this. Not everyone has the luxury of being able to order. That is correct. Not everyone has the luxury. But when they say an abundance of caution, since there are people who have pre-existing conditions and or are seniors, don't think about it so much for you. Think about it for them. Right. And because, that's a good point. Yeah. It's the thing like, let's use an overabundance of caution. I know, do we need all this stuff? Maybe not. Because, you know, we are still living our lives as normal, but it's not a normal time. So once again, without completely jumping over the top of the soapbox, just say, at least for right now, let's use an overabundance of caution and that eventually... This will all get back to some semblance of normalcy. Yeah. Please think of others. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up as far as, you know, people may have weakened immune systems and things like that, because that was a real eye opener. Again, you know, having to venture out on the few times that I did leave the house. I mean, luckily we were able to get food and stuff delivered to us and we ordered groceries, but occasionally we had no choice and we had to go out and just being mindful of what that means for other people and just watching that, that, that was a real thing. I don't know if I've ever talked about, I may have talked about this in the previous podcast, but you know how it is watching, you know, African Americans like me go out in public with a mask on. Oh my God. So that, okay. And looking that like Desperado. Yes. <laughs> That's oh, a real thing. Oh, yes. Me, people like me, going up in stores with a mask on. Oh, I'm sure, it, you know, the people who aren't, like, you know, working are probably, everyone's following me around. I'm like, you Even know. Even more so than normal. Yeah, I'm like the mother, you know, duck, mother goose with all the little chicks following behind. They're probably following me around every time, like, hi, can I help you with anything? No. <laughs> No, yes, but yes, wearing, you know, the so, the covering over my face is a little, it makes me a little self-conscious. You know, I have to admit, I, on those occasions where I've gone, it depends on where I go. If I go to, like, our local um, family dollar where everyone knows me, it's a little hood store kind of thing, I don't feel it's self-conscious. But, like, when I went to, like, Strack and Van Teel, that one time that we both went, Mm-hmm. And we were both wearing facial covering, and no one else, hardly anyone else in the store was, not even the employees. Although I'm, I've, I've heard since then that they are putting the facial covering on their employees, which is good because, you know, those people who work the grocery store; they are truly doing the Lord's work. Sure. Um, but yeah, when walking in there, there was a couple times that going down the aisle and seeing other people who weren't wearing any protective gear at all and they're looking at me i do feel like okay i wonder if they just know i'm just here to get asparagus and not to rob the place or maybe getting asparagus and still robbing the place (laughs) i gotta have my options that is true i mean technically i could do that but odds are i'm not going to although i have to say it is kind of a bummer because you know how much i love grocery shopping and it's kind of robbed the joy of it the Gorman Goober loves grocery shopping. It's sort of like my thing. I, I don't know why. I've always loved it. I've talked about it in previous podcasts. Um, it's sort of like a quiet obsession. Not so much anymore. 
Um, so it is sort of a bummer, but um, just to wrap up our little PSA, please <laughs> consider wearing protective gear, if not for yourself, for the people in your lives, for other people, um, because it's definitely something that's just going through a lot of different communities, especially communities of color is just running through and yeah, protect yourself. Um, no, no. Are you? No, 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 no. Definitely protect yourself and be kind. Rewind. Back up. Stay away from me. <laughs> I'm telling you, the COVID-19 thing, you know, this she was like right there. She was right there. And I mean, she was wearing a mask, but at the same time, and the I thing is, there were little spots on the floor to tell you where to stand, and she still refused to do it. I don't know if she refused or whether she really was not paying attention. Although, to be fair, she did apologize and said she hadn't been out of the house in a while. Okay, that's great. That was good for like the first 10 seconds. Then <laughs> you have to look back and be like, no, no, you might want to I, I didn't verbally say it, but I think after the second or third time. You I gave her the mean mug. Yeah, I had to turn my head and kind of give her the desperado look. <laughs> she finally got the hint, but no. I'm telling you, the COVID thing is serious because now we're at the point where, like, cats and are getting it. And not just, you know, regular cats, but, like, bodega cats. You know, it's serious when the bodega cats are getting COVID-19. This is, you know, this is real. And we got to keep it real and, like, no. Also, like, give a shout-out to all the bodegas in NY and other places. You know, we praying for you. We're trying to keep all, you know, uplifted. Okay. Well, speaking of my week, um, my week, the last couple of weeks, as Big Daddy knows, is really challenging. One, as I alluded to earlier um, in this segment, is having the loved one and waiting to hear for the results and how excruciatingly long it's taken for her to get her results, um, especially given the lack of testing that is available in our state, as in a lot of states. Um. The other thing is that um, the nonprofit that I work for, um, on one hand, we were tremendously blessed and we got a very large donation thanks to a, a very generous corporate sponsor. And as a result, we had a lot of people reach out to us who wanted to donate. But then we also had some people who reached out to us who needed help. And I was tasked with dealing with both. And particularly... The ones that reached out for help, they were people who were experiencing incidents of homelessness and or food insecurity and just talking to them and just knowing their struggle right now. It's it's a real thing. And it's. It. It's real. It's real. And Big Daddy knows that it kind of hit me hard the day that I dealt with it. Because there's only so much you can do, right? And trying to find resources. A lot of nonprofits that are normally there to help people, they have been really hard hit for funding. And it's hard to reach out to someone and they know that they want to help, but right now they have barely enough for themselves and they have to turn away. Um, luckily, I think I was able to connect them with an older um, organization that I used to work with, I still have great relationships with, and they were able to steer me in the right direction. But 
to have someone tell you how long it's been since they've had a meal. It's, it's really gut wrenching and it's kind of, you know, makes a reminder of how fortunate we are because again, yeah, we joke about, you know, certain things and going to the grocery store. Um, But for the most part, as I mentioned in previous podcasts, we haven't really had to deal with that. But there are places around the country, even now, where I saw right before we started recording, where there's disruptions to the supply chain because there's a lot of shortages. Um, Even in our state where we live, um, there was a Tyson food plant that closed down because of COVID. Um, the, oh, no. The Indiana pork producer. Oh, I don't no. know if you heard that. They're, they're closing temporarily because of COVID. Um, in South Dakota, there <laughs> it's a huge um, closure for the Smithville plant because there's a huge outbreak in many of these places. Oh, my God. Because think about it. <laughs> oh, God. I'm without bacon. Okay, first of all, we got plenty of pork in our deep freezer. We're fine. We're fine. There's just the two of us. We don't need to eat all that bacon. We're okay. bacon. Bacon makes everything good. <laughs> Actually, that is not true because we had that conversation. What was it that I suggested adding with bacon and you're like, bacon can help that? <laughs> there are a lot of things that, you know, <laughs> that, that you suggested sometimes. Bacon doesn't always have to go with mayonnaise, but okay, first or cottage cheese or whatever. But you know. I would never pair bacon with mayonnaise or oh my god, cottage cheese. You know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Cottage cheese is something that started off to be something else and gave up. <laughs> it's kind of like the cheese version of tapioca. Yes. <laughs> no. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is um, there are many places around the country that are experiencing very rare food shortages and that's a thing and to have it hit home in such a profound way trying to find assistance for you know a family in need it it really makes you think you know and i certainly hope that all of our listeners you know many of who may be affected by you know closures or Unemployment. Unemployment or food insecurity that you're able to find the resources necessary because having gone through it with this family and trying to assist them in a way that's meaningful was really hard. And I only did it for one day. So I can't imagine doing it day in and day out and facing that for what could very well be a long shelter in place depending on where they are. Um as they try to navigate the new normal. Um, you know, it wasn't all... There were some bright moments, and I don't want the listeners to think that there wasn't any bright moments. Um, yeah, there was no doom and gloom, but... I not mean, the entire two hard. weeks since we recorded. Yes. I think one thing that I've discovered, that I've dragged Big Daddy along, and I think yours just is horrified <laughs> and kind of low-key interested is I've been watching, binge-watching a lot of things in order to get over the stress of, oh, my God, we're in this house again. <laughs> um, and it's not all love and hip-hop. I can attest to that. Today. <laughs> Actually, my latest binging obsession is um, it's a YouTube channel 
which I can recommend to anyone, everyone. It's called Emmy Made in Japan. And it's hosted by a woman named Emmy, of course. And she has this really great channel where she does a lot of experimental recipes. And she has a series of recipes that I have just gone down the rabbit hole and watching called You Made What? <laughs> Big Daddy's head is in his hands. I wish you could see it because <laughs> he has seen some of the videos because I've seen it and I can unsee it. See it. And so I make him watch it. <laughs> and now I suffer. <laughs> so amongst the crazy things that she has made amongst the video was there was a video for a liverwurst pineapple um, and cracker dip. There was the... Wait a minute. Why? <laughs> she saw it in an old recipe. And she, what she does is she finds a lot of these old recipes from like the 70s and different sources. And then she recreates them. And it's, yeah, and it's now 2020. 2020. Yes. But she, yes, she digs out these old recipes and decides to eat them or prepare them just so... We can figure out why we didn't make them in the last 30, 40, 50 years. Well, I've learned a lot from the, her segments, though. One thing I've learned, apparently, I don't know why, mayo was really a thing back then. Seriously. Mayo is still a thing now. Because a lot of the recipes she made, the retro recipes, like what, the last one we watched right before recording was this 7-Up Mayonnaise Jello Salad. So it's a salad and mm -hmm. it has 7-Up, lime jello, crushed pineapple, maraschino cherries, cream cheese, marshmallows, and mayo. <laughs> you know what, you know what that, that, that brings to my mind? It was violence in it. <laughs> yes, it was violence in, in a jello mold. And it kind of looked that way. Yes. You know, as she produced it, but it kind of reminds me, I'm going to show my age again. The MTV show, no, I'm sorry, not Crip, sorry, um, Pimp My Ride, where they take, you know, one or two elements of something, you know, they kind of like add a little something else. And they go one element too far. Yeah, apparently this <laughs> one must have went two, three ingredients past that point. If you guys haven't seen it, I do recommend her channel because... Her videos are very entertaining. Her voice is so very soothing. She does other things besides the retro recipes, by the way. And a lot of the recipes she does is actually really good. Mm -hmm. But for me, I'm obsessed with the retro recipes because they are horrifying. And it, they kind of make me feel better because I'm just like, you know what? I'm having a bad day, but I'm not going to have to eat the SpaghettiO Jello mode. You know what? I, I will give her this. <laughs> it's not even so much the preparation of these said creations. <laughs> I think it's more the fact that she tastes them after she creates them just so we can have a journal. Of, and I like to believe that the opinion that she gives is genuine. And she's honest. She'll just say, hey, this is not the fav my favorite thing to eat. No. <laughs> yes. Even though I now... After listening to you, 
I tend to wonder if she has a spit bucket to the side of said table after she creates this and tries it. You know, I wondered that too, but it seems like she really does try it. I, I think Emmy does at least try it in earnest. But again, for those who are listening, and maybe if you could just send us an email or tweet us or just let us know, why do so many of these recipes have mayo in it? Why? Why do some of these recipes have So many of these have, recipes yeah. have mayo. Like, I would have been, that one on that recipe, it probably would have been okay if you just stopped at the cream cheese. Mm-hmm. But there was the cream cheese and the marshmallows and the mayo that it was just like, like the pimp I ride. It was just one additive too far. <laughs> or two or three. And bless her heart, like she, she goes for it. Like that one jello mold, first of all, it took her like, what, 10 minutes to get it out of the mold? Yes. Like, I think that was God's way of saying, no, you really shouldn't no. try this. <laughs> the ancestors were holding it in. The ancestors were trying to protect you, Amy. Mm. <laughs> but when she did it, I mean, she went for it. She just totally tried it. And she was just like, okay, this is not my favorite. And I can totally smell the mayonnaise. Let's try it without the maraschino cherry. Wasn't much better without it. <laughs> But I think she actually does try it, as opposed to a lot of cooks. One big bucket right (laughs) to the side of the table. So if you want to see the joy of some of the just absolute batshit crazy things that she has made, um, like the crown roasts of Frankfurters, Circa of Weight Watchers 1969, um, you can go and check out our channel. It's Emmy Made in Japan. Um, I am a new fan. I have to say, being home and trying to get my mind off of difficult things and the umpteenth grant that I'm writing, mm-hmm. to be able to watch that channel has been a great comfort to me. So, yay, Emmy. <laughs> yes. So, I think that wraps up our How Was Our Week segment of the podcast. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, it's party time as we celebrate a major milestone for the Gourmet Goober podcast. You are listening to the Gourmet Goober, and we will be right back. Do you know who struggles with creating ideas? People who are actually creative. But do you know what really sucks about being a struggling creative? It's that frustration of starting a new skill, the unbearable phase of being stuck with new ideas, and of course, never knowing when or even how to make a profit from your ideas. You know that feeling, being a jack of all trades, but master of none. Well, the Conscious Creative Corner podcast is the podcast where real creatives share their secret formulas on how to be irresistibly profitable in their field. So that way you can be a jack of all trade and a master of your money. So if you're ready to leave behind the frustration and exhaustion of not knowing how to live profitably, head on over to the Conscious Creative Corner podcast, where you can gain the skills you need to be a successful magnetic creative. Find it now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Hey, everybody. We are back. This is JJ. And Tiawa. And you are listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. And this is normally the segment that we 
dedicate to What's Eating Us, where we talk about foodie and pop culture. However, this week is a little different because... This, this, this... Woo! It's our birthday! (laughs) It's our birthday. Birthday. Give us a little something for our birthday. Oh, where the party at? <laughs> Where'd that come from? I don't know. <laughs> we were joking about how to like start off this segment, right? We we at one point we were just like we could play like the beginning of in the club, you know, from Fifty Cent. Yeah. Where he's like, "It's your birthday. It's partying like it's your birthday." And then we thought Fifty likes to sue people. <laughs> yeah. Fifty sues people for any amount of small reasons, so. We're a really little podcast. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to catch that smoke. Yeah, we figured that was probably not the best idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that said, we wanted to celebrate a huge milestone for the Gourmet Goober podcast. Our very first episode was out on April 21st, 2019. Um, it was a long time coming. For those of you who read the Gourmet Goober, the blog, you may actually know, and a lot of people may not know this, but we actually recorded earlier episodes of the Gourmet Goober. What was it, back in 2016? Yeah. It was a while ago. Those were the early mixtapes. Yes. (laughs) In fact, you can still hear them. If you go to SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Sound and cloud. <laughs> look up the, the sound gourmet. clouds in my cloud. <laughs> you look up the gourmet goober. Um, we called them what? Goober bites. Yes. And the very first episode of the gourmet goober, what eventually would become the podcast, we recorded in our car on the drive home. I don't know if you remember, but after we went to um, the Fogo de Chao opening. Okay. And we were driving home, and we just decided, hey. We've been talking about turning the blog into a podcast forever because that's where the future of blogging is going. Let's just see if we can record it. So if you listen to it, it sounds really awful, as you can imagine, recorded in the car. (laughs) They were very, very early. Yes, very early, but you can still find them. We're still kind of proud. Yeah, and I was very, very full. (laughs) I think we both were. We were just kind of, it was when we were talking about meat sweats, and a lot of the conversation was about, how we just ate way too much and you our body was yeah. physically repelling the meat from Fogo to Chow. You could literally hear the meat <laughs> swapping out of you know, my skin. Yes. But we took a break because we, you know, life happens. And then in 2019, we decided to um, just kind of dive in and just kind of do what we wanted to do with the podcast. And so on April 21st, 2019, we literally were sitting at our, our dining room table. We grabbed our phones and were like, hey, let's just do this. Do you remember the first episode? No, actually, I do not. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of things. No, the first episode, um, we jokingly called it Cinnamon Roll Map. And it was where we were talking about Wendy Williams um, that group who wanted Howard University to actually move because it was like uncomfortable for them. Oh yeah. And y- at the time, I had made some cinnamon rolls, and we were just eating cinnamon rolls while we we're 
recording the podcast. Probably not the best thing to do audio-wise, but we have learned since then. <laughs> yeah, but it was gold. Yes. And Big Daddy kept stealing this and looking. We had an equal amount of cinnamon rolls, and you were just like, nah, forget that. I'm just going to take it all. Okay, and? And we started talking about that on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You can tell he's not sorry about that at all. No, really not. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> anyway, since then, we have recorded 24 episodes. Um, we've moved into a bi-weekly podcast. We picked up some sponsors, which is really amazing. I'm sure we probably lost a few spot, you know. <laughs> Sponsor opportunities. Yeah, because, you know, I was in here talking shit. We insulted Danny Wood. <laughs> Ah, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> we will get to that in a minute. But it's actually really, really cool that we've lost a year. And here's why. Because a lot of people don't know. Um, I was reading this really great article. Um, and it was in Amplified Media where they were talking about the fact that as of 2018, um, back when we were still kicking around the idea of starting the Gourmet Goober podcast, mm-hmm. there was 540 thousand podcasts that are currently in existence and listed on places like Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, what have you, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know how often or how many of those podcasts last a year? Probably almost all. No. Okay. A lot. Actually, less than you think. Okay. And as a matter of fact, um, more than... of the podcasts, um, or rather, um, I'm looking at this quote, sorry. So in a 90-day period, only 20% of the podcasts um, produce an episode after a year. As a matter of fact, the average length of a podcast before people give up on it is seven episodes. So they only get through seven episodes, and then they're like, Uh, okay, we want out. Screw this, man. We're out. (laughs) So the fact that we made it past to number eight, let alone 24 episodes, is amazing. I'm a survivor. I'm not going to... Oh, wait a minute. I forgot. Yeah, Beyonce sues too. So... (laughs) Let's not sing that. (laughs) But there's even a word for it. It's called pod fading. And so pod fading is a common occurrence. And most people fail to really continue on the podcast for longer than seven episodes because, you know, they don't realize how hard the production process is. And it does. I mean, recording the podcast is the fun part. But then afterwards, um, there's like an audio process. So we take it out so that we don't sound like we're recording in the middle of our living room, which we are. Yes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, there's a lot that goes on in behind the scenes. And so most podcasts, when they stop producing new episodes, are what's known as pod faded. So basically, they get like the seven episode itch. Yes. Okay. In fact, seventy five percent of the podcasts that's currently listed are no longer in production after those first seven episodes. That's amazing. Because they were terrible. <laughs> no, no, not all of them were terrible. I mean, some are, and to be honest. There are some podcasts that I'm sure the episodes we put out were afterwards were just like, dude, maybe we shouldn't have put that out. <laughs> no. Every every episode <laughs> that has my voice on it is gold. 
Anyway. I'm like the little Richard. I am the innovator. <laughs> I am the creator. I am the one who keeps this train off on the tracks. Let me also say Big Daddy is slap happy at this moment. I'm so. not slap happy. <laughs> I made this podcast. <laughs> I brought this to the beginning. Really? I took it to the higher levels. Uh-huh. Sorry. We I don't want to talk about how me. behind the scenes I had to convince you to do it with me. Anyway. <laughs> but first of all. Um, I'm pretty. It's a big deal <laughs> for us to make it for a year. And we couldn't have made it without our listeners. So we've been very, very fortunate that people have reached out to us. They've left us voicemails. We got some great reviews on like Apple um, podcasts and things like that. Um, I had my sister say that, you know, it was nice, but, you know, sometimes I sound like garbage. Why did you put that in there just now? What? <laughs> Why did you even say that? I'm being honest. That was my <laughs> sister. We were in the process of thanking people who are supportive. <laughs> oh, okay. This is not the time for that. Yeah, it's worth trying. Anyway, we really want to take this opportunity to thank everybody for being so supportive. And we're really lucky. We've had some really incredible people who have supported us this first year. Um, Barry, who is the owner of Pods in Color, she featured us on her website, which is awesome. Our friends at Cross Pod Tribes, who have been really instrumental and us getting some sponsorships early on and intention. We really want to thank them. Um, our new friends at SoFoodie.com. That's foodie with a PH. We yes. couldn't have made it without you. And then the people who really inspired us, like our friends at the Chonilla Network. And by the way, let me just say a special shout out to Shirley and Clove of Chonilla. Um, first of all, if you guys haven't heard Chonilla, please listen to them. They are so very funny. They're a husband and wife team. They're based out of Ontario, um, Canada. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're based out of Canada. Um, they are um, clearly Canadian. <laughs> they are clearly Canadian. Um, they're an interracial couple, and so they talk about um, their lives in that relationship. But more importantly, they have just been so supportive. In fact, there was one episode where they actually was listening and like live tweeting their responses, which was so very cool and sharing us with their listeners. Um, there are people who have inspired us like um, Leslie Mack and Drew of the Interracial Podcast, um, the Interracial John Podcast, who just as a side note is now part of the Chonilla Network. Okay. Um, so yay to them. And they've just been a big inspiration for us another podcast that i was listening to and kind of gave us the kick in the pants we need to start our own was rod and karen of the um the black guy who tips. tips podcast yes they're amazing if you guys haven't heard their podcast please listen to them and then the incredible people who just gave us shouts out and encouragements around the way so dre um the host of sports day with dre day okay he is amazing. He gave us some shout outs um, during International Women's Day and just been so supportive. And we really, really love you guys. So thank you so much for that. And um, 
just some interesting things. Because I was just thinking, wow, you know, 24 episodes, which doesn't seem like a lot until you think about there's 52 weeks a year. So we put out, we pretty much stuck to our bi-weekly episodes, although life came at us hard last year. I mean, if you think about it, all the stuff that happened in a year, like me being in the hospital. Yes. Us losing Baraboo. The dog. Um. Gosh, me starting a new job in the middle of all of that. <laughs> um, the coronavirus stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just been a crazy, crazy year. But in the midst of all that, we've put out some content that we're really proud of. And just to kind of give you um, some really cool things that I've learned and taken a look back as we prepared for our birthday episode. The demographics. <laughs> So believe it or not, so we put out 24 episodes of the Gourmet Goober podcast. We actually have listeners in 11 countries. 11 countries. Yes. Including the United Arab Arab, um, UAB. the UAE, um, Canada, um, the UK, and Germany. Okay. Um, we actually have listeners in the Philippines, which I think is really, really cool as well. I am shocked. Um, actually, our biggest group of international listeners is actually in London. So, hey, like London. London, England? <laughs> yes. So, you're saying it's possible that Princess Kate and Prince William are listening to us right now? Well, you know, I have to, I, I'd like to imagine and think that they're down with us, you know. So, yeah, that, they're definitely part of it. She probably thinks that <laughs> Idris Elba is listening at this moment. You know what? I personally would like to think that Idris is part of our listening party. Especially since I've mentioned in one of our episodes that he's gumbo worthy. So maybe that just got to him. Maybe he just knows that. <laughs> yeah, okay. We also have listeners in Mexico, in France. We actually just picked up Chile. We have listeners in Chile and Spain. So that's really exciting. The fact that people around the world are like listening to this little Chicago-based podcast. That's kind of crazy. Being around the world, nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you want to know something that's really funny? Because, like, when we first started, we were just thinking, okay, no one else but our friends and family are going to, like, listen to our podcast. Yes. So it's just going to be, like, in the demographic, geographic locations, just going to be, like, the little areas that we know of. Mm-hmm. So the idea that we have, like, international listeners really blow my mind consistently that we do. And the fact that in the United States, our biggest pool of listeners is not based in Indiana or um, Illinois, Illinois actually. Okay. Our biggest group of listeners is in Oregon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just say Oregon? <laughs> yes. There's like a- the state that's south <laughs> of Washington State? Yes. Our most, we are most popular Believe it or not, in Oregon and not in Portland, um, there is a place called Boardman, Oregon. Boardman, Oregon. Yes. Every week we have fans from Boardman who consistently listen to us. So Board- Boardman, Oregon, if you guys are listening, yo, this is your shout out. Thank you for being okay. <laughs> part of our group of listeners that come hard for us week after week. <laughs> so this is Boardman. Yes. Not like. Beaverton, like where the Nike. No. Okay. Huh. Seriously. I am shocked. I am shocked too. And it was funny because when we first started getting stats, I was like, 
Okay, do we know anyone in Oregon? <laughs> do I have friends in Oregon? We don't, we know no one in Oregon. <laughs> Basically, these are not like random bots. No. Okay. These are actual people. Okay, salute to Boardman. Um, <laughs> glad to have you on board. You know, hopefully we're entertaining you. But more, like, seriously, more than a quarter of our listeners are in Oregon, which is crazy. The second biggest group of listeners are Indiana, Texas, Illinois, Florida, New York, which, by the way, just as a side note, we have fans in Brooklyn and Buffalo. Even though so, they know we like deep dish pizza. You know what? Y'all seem to give us love regardless of the deep dish pizza thing. So, <laughs> Deep dish rules. So thank you for that. We have people in Brooklyn and the Bronx. So I happen to like, I happen to think that Deezus and Mira are secretly listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> they inspire us too. I've, I've admitted many times on Twitter that I consider myself part of the Bodega Tribe. The Bodega Hive, so Jesus, Meryl, shut us up. Put us on Showtime. Cool. <laughs> we'll be there. We'll entertain you. Yes. So, what do you think is our most popular episode? What do I think is our most popular episode? Right. In our first 42 episodes, which <sighs> one do you think is our most popular one? Well, within our first 24 episodes, I would like to believe I would like to believe our most popular one would have been chicken wars you know what that is actually would be my choice too mm -hmm. it's definitely one that we got a lot of tweets and responses from but actually our most popular episode was loquitia's burger of the day seriously <laughs> yes okay which if you guys don't know what that is and by the way you can catch all of our episodes on many platforms you can always go to the gourmetgooper.com if you go to anchor.fm backslash gourmet goober, um, because Anchor, which by the way, just a side note, has been an incredible partner for us. Thank you, Anchor. Um, but Anchor is actually really cool. If you go there, you can listen to it on Anchor, or if there's a platform you can pr um, prefer, you can actually click on like the little symbol for it and it'll take you directly to it. Cool. Um, but yeah. On that particular episode, that's the one where we talked about the new Bob's Burgers movie. We had talked about our own dream burger of the day, Megan and Harry's new baby, um, Steve Harvey coming out as fast with, you know, don't take a nap. <laughs> don't take a nap, Steve. That's actually one of the first times that we shared the best thing that we ate that week, okay. which, by the way, was Seasons Restaurant, which I still stand behind it. They are incredible and serve some really good Cajun and Creole stop food. And we called it Lucretia Burgers of the Day because remember that horrible movie, Lucretia, where it was like that white man who pretended like he was a black woman on the radio or whatever. And they like had all the stereotypes you could ever imagine and how he did that. I always wondered, did that movie make the light of day? Did it actually like see the theaters? I'm not really sure, but I was on Amazon the other day. Mm -hmm. And I was a little horrified because it actually recommended it for me, <laughs> which is hilarious because I'm convinced that Amazon Prime thinks the only thing I watch are like black exploit movies and horror movies. Because you laugh every time I go on Amazon, the recommended list, because it's always like some 
ridiculous slasher movie from the 80s or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like all the different forms of Dolomite. <laughs> well, we see who, yeah, who controls the prime. <laughs> hey, you, you know that you're welcome to watch the prime. You don't want to watch the prime. Yeah, because when I go in there, all I see are black exploitation films and horror movies. <laughs> you enjoyed some of the horror movies, though. I just wake up to them. I, I... No, Chuffy Mall. Remember that really bad movie where they had killer robots in the mall? I never said I like invited myself to that. It just happened to be on. But anyway. Anyway. Which, by the way, Chuffy Mall, classic. That's all I gotta say. Chuffy Mall, garbage. <laughs> Nonetheless. But that is our most popular episode that we have um, in terms of listeners, which is kind of interesting. Um, Just curious, which was your favorite episode that we put out so far? My favorite episode so far. Okay. In my opinion, I would, I know I'm going to break the code. I'm going to say two. Okay. Okay. Straight up and down, one of my first Favorites that I guess and they always have something to do with your family um, or just visiting your family. I think the first one was, I believe it was Deep Ride Everything after we came back from the Indiana State Fair. Oh, yeah. And we partook of all that lovely food and we ate a lot of deep fried things that we probably are still suffering from Pretty now. Much. <laughs> But I definitely remember part of that is our my discussion about how your brothers and sister and parents were very adamant that I tried Long's Donuts and went through the process. Yes. That, okay. Deep fried everything, um, which, by the way, if you wanted to go to the episode, we it was released on August 19, 2019. Mm-hmm. But that was... Actually, one of my favorites, too. And it's funny because part of the reason why it's my favorite is because my family kind of got involved with the whole Long's Donuts. Which, again, if you guys have not had Long's Donuts, best glazed donuts in the entire freaking world. But the beauty of Long's Donuts is that, well, I don't even know if they're open now during the crisis. I hope they are. That's just who they hope they are. Because you have to wait in line for them. You just can't, like, drive up to Long's Donuts or just walk in. No, everyone waits in line. You wait your turn. They only accept cash. And as my younger brother put it, it's the anticipation of the donut that makes it taste so good. So the idea that you they had to put you through your paces and then watch you eat the donut, which freaked you out? Yes. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> That was like the greatest thing ever was <laughs> the very percent and the fact that I believe it was the glazed donut that I partook of, even though like the one with sprinkles was easily my favorite. I think it was the glazed donut in which I had to eat and then give my opinion of and give the right opinion first and foremost. But it was probably the best glazed donut I had had in life. But I wanted to make sure that they knew. That was the best glazed donut I've had in life because they were watching every bite. I'd have to say, honestly, speaking as someone who knows my family well, they would probably worry about you if you didn't say that. Yes, they would very much be worried. 
but anyway, no, the uh, the other episode was, I believe it was the first one of the year, of this uh, calendar year, uh, after we came back from Christmas break, and I believe it was called uh, Prince Harold's Chicken. Oh, yeah. You know, because, you know, me love chicken. And it definitely involved, uh, I think it had, of course, had something to do with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, who, you know, are my compatriots now and, you know, being in now here in uh, California. They have to come to you. They have to come to Chicago. They do have to come to Chicago. <laughs> they have to partake of uh, the good food because, you know, we like to welcome our, our people, you know. They down with us now, but no, my favorite part of that was, yeah, definitely Prince Harold's, I'm sorry, Prince Harry and Meghan, to the chicken of Harold's chicken. But more importantly, it was because I had this epic rant. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know where, I think it was on the road trip. Somewhere I just came up with this grand concept of every band... Of three people or more has to have a quote-unquote, and the goober will explain it, a Danny Wood. Yes, yes. So, the Prince Harold's Chicken actually came out on January 13, 2020. So, you can catch that episode. Um, unless you're Mr. Danny Wood, then we're deeply sorry. <laughs> He's still coming to kick my ass. So, where that comes from is Big Daddy and I, we were having a conversation and it was the road trip driving home from Indianapolis. Oh, it no. was going to no, and Indian. back. Yes. And what actually happened was we were listening to the 90s station on Sirius XM. And they were playing a new kid song. And I had told him, very honestly, that when I was a teenager growing up in Indianapolis and the new kids were a big thing. Everyone had a crush on every single new kid on the block except for Danny Wood. No one was a Danny Wood stand. Absolutely no one. It was just kind of sad. You know, when we had our spirit day and we all wore new kids on a block gear, mm -hmm. no one had anyone gear on. His poster wasn't anyone's locker. <laughs> Danny was just there. <laughs> and Big Daddy came up with this theory about how every group of three or more has a Danny Wood. Yes. And it was actually amazing. We were able to figure out almost with mathematical precision who was the Danny Wood in each group. Yes, through the <laughs> level of attrition in every group, whether it be boy band, girl, group, just a group of old men hanging out, even if it's like the Rolling Stones, I, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you which one was Danny Wood, except could it be Ron Wood? I don't know. But nonetheless, every, every group, group has a Danny Wood. Yeah. Every group has a Danny Wood. So our apologies to Danny Wood. Although, to be fair, that was just how it played out, man. I mean, <laughs> and even now, as an adult, watching like when Danny was like on Wahlburgers and stuff, I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> even now, man, we would not be. Daddy would be the last pick from the playground. I'm Wait, just hold saying. on. I think I see Danny. Wait, is Danny <laughs> at the door? Definitely Danny Woods coming down the hallway. We have to hold on now. And I have to say, Danny Wood is a big, muscular dude. So let me not meet him in the dark alley. He may not like this. Is he bringing the rest of the new kids to fight with him? <laughs> then I'm good. 
But seriously, oof. That, that's just, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to give Marky Mark in that bunch. Cause... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, I'm surprised that the Meat Twinkies wasn't your favorite, though. Even though Meat Twinkies, as <laughs> corn dogs are apt to be, my favorite food. For fun, <laughs> meat Twinkies or corn dogs, people. In case you're wondering, yes, we like meat Twinkies. If for some reason, yeah, those two episodes are probably my favorite. Well, it was hard for me to choose my favorite, but if I had to narrow it down to two, um, and I'm going to go with two since you got to go with two. One of my favorite ones was one of the first episodes we did, the one back in May 4th of 2019. The hood snacks a symbol. Okay. Because um, it introduced people. And actually, I got some tweets about it. Or just responses, rather, about um, the Migos and why they have the greatest snacks of all time. Um, And if you don't know what a hood snack is, again, a hood snack is... How would you describe a hood snack? How would I describe a hood snack? Yes. In every general grocery store in everyone's random region, neighborhood, there are these little food items that you're not going to find everywhere in the country. Matter of fact, you may not even find it everywhere in your city. But in your general neighborhood, there's a set of foods, whether it be chips, popcorn, uh, I don't know, sandwiches. They are just generally native to where you are. They're like, you know, something that you and your people tend to enjoy when you're just, I don't know, sitting around like on the the porch or, you know, you're like waiting at the bus stop, sucking on a porch up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that you're doing. Yeah, there are just these random little snacks that, you know, I don't even care if they just damn nowadays, you know, that are... Just native to what you are and that, like, help you just get through your day. Hood snacks are just kind of like that unique thing that sometimes you will find in the hood in no other place. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be regional. So, for example, on the south side of Chicago, common hood snacks that you will totally find are things such as um, the, the dill pickle and peppermint, mm. which sounds crazy together, but it's a very popular hood snack. Um, there are some hood snacks that, you know, like the, um, the, the taffy grapes, that's a good hood snack. Okay. Where basically it's like, I can't even describe taffy grapes. I mean, they're like green grapes that's like dipped in like frosting and it has nuts in it. It's like a little candy grape. Yeah. Kind of like if you ever had taffy apples. They're basically like, as opposed to the apple, like little grapes with yes. taffy. And you won't find that a lot of places. It's just a hood snack here. Mm-hmm. But there's actually a company that has mastered the hood snack, and they're called Rap Snacks. Okay. And so what they do is they partner with rappers. And so Cardi B, Trina, the baddest bitch alive, the Migos, they all have their own brand of hood snacks, right? 
and they get to come up with their greatest, their flavors. So Cardi B, for example, has this really good hood snack where basically it's popcorn that's drizzled with honey. Or Trina, oh my God, Trina, girl, if you're listening, your hood snack is like off the hook because her wrap snack are like potato chips, barbecue potato chips with like honeydew melon, which sounds insane, but it's like hella good. But the Migos, the Migos, God bless them, have created the greatest hood snack of all time because all of their wrap snaps have a dab of ranch dressing. And this basic ass <laughs> Hoosier girl that I am, mm. understand the magic that is ranch dressing. So the Migos gets me. <laughs> She's signified there, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I am. <laughs> so I was one of my favorites because, of course, we talked about the Avengers Endgame and our adventures to get to the rest to the cinema. Um, we talked about Taylor Swift's Miochella. We had a really great discussion about John Singleton and Christoph St. John and saying goodbye to them. And then also we um, introduced the world, if you've not yet already discovered it, for the Regals, Migos Head Snacks. Yes. And then my second favorite episode, I would have to say... Um, and it's a tough one, but it's actually the Smells Like Chicken episode that we had earlier this year. <laughs> Smells Like Chicken. That's when we talked about our All-Star Weekend. And I got to share a crazy story where I was actually invited to a party um, after the world's worst Lyft driver ride, um, hosted by none other than Bishop Don Magic Wand. And if you don't know who he is, I suggest you get the Google. <laughs> and the oh, resulting Lord. conversation, having to tell Big Daddy, hey, um, so a former pimp turned reverend wants me to go party with him. <laughs> Snoop's a little buddy. <laughs> that conversation in hindsight probably shouldn't have happened the way it did. No, 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 it really shouldn't. <laughs> No, 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 computer says no. <laughs> Come on. It was really cool, though, because we also talked about our time at All-Star Weekend, including our f amazing time at Harold's Chicken in the middle of the evening. Um, uh, very, very, almost, I think it was the coldest night in the city of Chicago up to that point. Yes. Why did we have Arctic Blast? Right when All Star Weekend started, that was insane. Yeah, like I like I got warmer like you know every day after that, but yeah, just yeah. that day it was like it was like five degrees outside, and we're like standing outside like because we can't catch a bus or a lift, and we're in the middle of a Hale's Chicken with fifty other brothers and sisters waiting to get a couple of pieces of chicken. That was a truly Chicago moment, and I treasure it. <laughs> yes, with the music playing at like 110 decibels. You can't and nobody get more can Chicago hear. than that moment. <laughs> yeah, no one can hear anyone. <laughs> to the point where we were asking each other, what number do you have? Yeah, we're ready <laughs> we to trade from like numbers. like number three to number 17 to number 80. <laughs> and they're jumping all around, but they're literally, I'm thinking we were in a, like in a little confinement area of like, I think it was like, 
13 by 13 and there was like 56. I'm like, I don't know what the capacity of this room was, but there was like 50, 60 people in this room. And this was just like the entryway from the, you know, from the door. And we're all waiting on chicken. Uh, you know, at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, that was madness. Yes. <laughs> and I was tired from the uh, All-Star Rookie Challenge. No, but that was a fun time. Although I think you were just sore because I wanted to be in your chicken. You're part of the chicken. Okay, I forgot about that. But yeah, thank <laughs> you for reminding me. I'm deeply sorry. It was delicious. <laughs> yes, it was. I'm sure it was. So anyway, we just want to take this opportunity. Um, normally in this segment, we talk about pop culture. But to be honest, there was so much news about the coronavirus. We wanted to celebrate and just flip the switch for this episode and just really share our fun moments and, you know, just our gratitude for, you know, you being a part of this podcast. We really could not have made this without you. And we're so very grateful for everyone who has been an important part of this. We have some really cool things planned going up further um, in episodes. We're going to start having interviews soon, which is great. And hopefully we'll have some people lined up um, that we can announce soon. But yeah, this, this has been a really cool journey. And looking back on it, it was really kind of interesting because when we first started the podcast, we weren't really sure how much of our lives that we were going to share. Um, the episode where we lost our dog mm. and we had to talk about it and you couldn't be on that segment. So I did it by myself. Yeah, I do admit losing the dog was probably one of the hardest episodes or the episode after that um, right. to deal with. Um, me being in the hospital and just having that moment where I, I think I probably allowed myself to be more vulnerable than I was willing to let myself be and recounting that experience and just discussing about whether or not before we produced the episode, was it something that we wanted to share because, and we decided to do it because one, it's something that we thought we wanted to call attention to, especially given the loss of John Singleton mm -hmm. and how important it is for you to watch your health and things like that. True. Um, two, because I wanted to say thank you again to the great people at Methodist hospitals um, who took such good care of me. But three, you know, looking back on that too, I don't know. It was just, it was a moment I didn't think that I would, share with anyone and to share it with all the listeners about, you know, that first moment when I was by myself and you weren't there and I really wanted you to be there to advocate for me. It's really been interesting being able to share our lives the way that we did this past year yeah, with everyone. And <clears throat> as I know that the world is now in a different space because you know, our lives look different and, you know, for many of us, not all of us, but many of us are sheltered in place in the grocery store situation and just everything looks different, right? Mm -hmm. um, we're really grateful to have the connection we have with our listeners. And we wanted to do this segment because one, it kind of gave us something to 
more to talk about than the coronavirus this week. Because, you know, not everything is foodie and pop culture. But two, I'm just really grateful for everyone and allowing us to share this part of our lives with you. And we don't share everything because I'm a big believer, even when I was a blogger, when I was a freelance writer, I got offers to do things where we would share more of our personal lives. And I'm a big believer that once you put it out there, you don't own it anymore. It belongs to everyone else. Mm, okay. So, but, um, but yeah, this has been a really cool experience. And I'm so glad that, you know, Big Daddy was here to share it with me and we were able to produce something that's meaningful. Yes. The best way I can encapsulize this little journey that we're on with the Gourmet Gover through 24 episodes, this being the 25th, is to start from the beginning. This is like my ghost of past, present, and future. This podcast to me was a chance for the Goober and I to bond as husband, wife, to do other things. This is a reminder. Take my medicine. Hi. <laughs> and Alexa. Yes, this is a thing. This is a thing. Hold on. <laughs> this is a reminder. Alexa. Take my. Stop. You know what? I'm going to leave that in the podcast because this is a reminder that this is for life. <laughs> I like how <laughs> the echo talked during my part. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. So, no, this, the quick and fast because Alexa took my time was that this was a journey for the Goober and I to bond with each other to have a little something to play with since we keep different schedules. Also, it for me personally, it was a it was a, a journey, like a learning experience, because if left to my own devices, I would probably just, you know, go up the street to like Burger King, McDonald's, or like, you know, just make some, I don't know, some random chicken at home. Because I am a very I'm a very inward type fellow. But I always said to the guru that this journey was for me to learn about things outside of myself, to be part of the experience of trying foods and talking about foods and pop culture and whatever outside of the shell in which I keep. And that's what this journey has been so far. I will say like all these restaurants are all these little different creations that have come from this probably weren't going to be on my list well before I started this, but being on the journey was probably like the coolest part of this is trying different things and saying, Hey, I like this or Hey, maybe what I'm hearing is junk, but I'll try it anyway, because it's opening my mind and going and I hope to go into the future by, as you said, um, with interviews, talking to people, trying things that are way, way outside of my um, comfort zone, but at the same time, be willing to say that, you know, no matter what happens, I'm still not going vegan unless somebody completely forces me to, but I'll be willing to say that I, my mind is continuously always willing to be open. And the people who are listening to this podcast or will possibly soon be listening to this podcast will be willing to give their input 
and help us along because we all hope to grow as a people from this and hope to do cool things. But I, me, um, I'm just here to enjoy this party and keep this, you know, keep this going. So that's me. Well, <clears throat> I also just wanted to just in closing, wrapping things up for the segment is wanted to thank everyone who we've met along the way. Um, the incredible restaurants we had a chance to um, feature and the best thing we ate and, you know, the people who work there, the patrons. I've really learned a lot and it's been, sorry. But we had a chance to meet some just really great um, food creators and really great restaurants. And I would invite everyone who listens. Um, first of all, if there's an episode that we've talked about, definitely go back and check them out and relive them again. We had a chance to kind of relive them ourselves before we recorded this segment. So it was kind of a fun trip down memory lane. But also, um, I'm really proud of the opportunity and I would encourage you to check out the lighter notes because as we get back to normal and hopefully we will get to a point where normal will be a thing where we'll be able to experience restaurants and that communal part of eating and um, we'll be able to do that again. Um, a lot of these restaurants that we built relationship with have been in, full of incredible people. And I'm really happy that we were able to shine a light on the great work that they do. Um, so as we look forward to the next 24 episodes, we just want to take this opportunity to thank them as well, because without them, the Gourmet Cooper not just the podcast, but even the blog, because I started the blog and to highlight some of these restaurants that were my favorite when I started so many years ago. It would not be a thing without them. So I want to thank them as well. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to wrap things up talking about the best thing we ate this week. And speaking of restaurants, we're going to also wrap up the last segment, highlighting a few restaurants that and places foodie wise that we have learned about that are really awesome that we think you should know about too. So you're listening to the Gourmet Gooper podcast and we will be right back. Hey guys, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we're the co-hosts with the Gourmet Gooper podcast with a very important question. Are you a little gourmet or a lot of wretched? <laughs> or maybe you consider yourself gumbo worthy. Hey, if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then you need to tell the world with your very own goober swag. From mugs and aprons to t-shirts and sweatshirts, it's the perfect way to show your love for the Gourmet Goober podcast and, you know, help us get the lights on in the process. <laughs> so if you are a little bit gourmet and a lot wretched, Head on over to gooberswag.com, that's gooberswag.com, and get your very own goober gear today. Tell them Big Daddy sent you. That's right. Tell them. Welcome. 
Welcome back, everyone. This is JJ Outlaw. And T. Outlaw. And you are listening to the Gourmet Goober Podcast. And we are back um, with the segment where we normally share um, what we call the best thing we ate this week. Uh, now, before the coronavirus pandemic, usually the sources of the best thing we ate this week were local area restaurants. Um, and it was our goal to steer you towards places that we are really passionate about. Um, we're still going to do that, but instead of just highlighting restaurants that we have personally stopped by eight, um, this segment we're converting it to revisiting some of our friends and find out how best to support the restaurants along with details about some really good grub that we were blessed to have. <laughs> so Big Daddy, what was the best thing that you ate this week? The best thing I ate this week actually came out of my own kitchen out of my own hands. <laughs> not going to lie to you. I knew you were going to say this, but it was good. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I have this running joke about how the I have a little preparation called quesadillas. I know quesadillas is very common, uh, but I kind of uh, funked them up a little bit by taking them a carnita style with pulled pork and adding a taco seasoning to it. Uh, then taking flour shells and slabbing them down with a little bit of butter, then wrapping them in, wrapping the meat inside with onions and tomatoes and extra condiments and then and extra cheese because you know the goober loves the cheese. <laughs> then slabbing them down and like doing like a deep fry. Or maybe not a deep fry, but just a straight up, like, you no know, hard fry. And, uh, yeah, slicing them up quesadilla style. I got things. I'm not going to tell you all the recipe, but I figure you can figure it out on your own, like, you know, make it, you know, sexy for yourself. But, yeah, I've uh, had time to, you know, and practice to put this together. But, yeah, my quesadillas this week for me and the goober was uh, the best thing I ate. So, there you go. So you're not going to share your recipe? Because this is a long-standing recipe. Like, every Christmas Eve, Big Daddy has been making... How long have you been making quesadillas the night before Oh, a solid 20 years. Yeah. So it's kind of like a tradition that started with your family, and then we got married, it became a tradition that you do with us. I remember the first time you made it for my family, and it's like an all-day process. I mean, Big Daddy's pulled pork literally takes on average what seven or eight hours to get it just right yeah five and, or six well okay yeah five six in the in the crock pot then yeah i put it in like a like a sauce pot and, and put taco sneezing on it but sometimes you hit it up with the smoker too oh uh, from i have from time to time like done it in the smoker but most of the time it's just a straight crock pot then like a sauce pot work with uh, Lowry's taco seasoning, sometimes McCormick's the substitute, but yeah, pretty simple, I guess, once you, you know, get it to the sauce pot. Okay. Can't convince you to show the recipe? Pretty much, <laughs> you know. He ancient, shot me a look like, uh, no. <laughs> ancient Chinese secret. But no, it's, that's pretty much what it was. Anyway, 
we're just going to move on. Because <laughs> that's kind of cruel. You're just sort of telling them that. Well, let me just start off by saying I'm going to share the best thing that I drank this week. Okay. And believe it or not, um, although Big Daddy's quesadillas were amazing, and I'm really glad that you made those. That was kind of a pleasant surprise. Um, a friend of mine named Vitaly, I hope that you're listening, Vitaly, he tipped me off to this incredible shop that I think everyone should know about. It's called Coyote Black, and it's owned by a gentleman by the name of Justin Doggett. And what Coyote Black is, it's a um, coffee shop that specializes in Coyote-style cold brew. And if you are not familiar with this, I wasn't familiar until Vitaly um, tipped me off to this incredible shop. So it's based in Chicago. Justin, um, he um, is a fan of the Coyote-style way of making cold brew, which if traditional cold brew and, you know, it's easy to make traditional cold brew. I've done it at home and, and like um, a French press where basically it's a long brewing cup. Um, it's a long brewing process where basically um, you take the water and it sits with the, um, the coffee grains, um, if you will, the coffee grinds. And it kind of slowly brews over time, usually in a cold setting. But Coyote style is a little different. It's actually a very long, precise process that originated in Japan, where their cold brew is brewed drop by agonizing drops. And it does take a long process. In fact, Justin, he puts it together and um, small batches as well. Um, he actually, according to the website, his first experience with drinking Coyote style cold brew was back in 2011. And he just kind of fell in love with the technique. And he decided to just dedicate himself in order to recreate that um, in his shop. And over time, he's created this incredible blend of dark Brazilian and medium roast Guatemalan coffee beans. Good grief. And it's really, when he says it's a sensory experience, he is not kidding. So we ordered it um, because um, Vitaly really wanted me to know about this. He knew I'm a huge coffee fan. And he said, you know what, this is a Black-owned business um, that unfortunately, with the closure of a lot of his wholesale partners, um, he lost about 70% of his revenue due to the COVID pandemic, um, COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. Um, but he said, you know what? You, you can order it and have it shipped to your house. And he said, this will be absolutely amazing. And so yesterday we got our hands on some of his cobra. Now it comes in his pack. Okay. And it's in a concentrated um, form. So you just, I think there's like 12 servings, I'm going to say, in the package itself. It's really cool. It has like a little spigot on the actual packet that you can put in the refrigerator. So you can literally press the button and just pour out what you need. Um, but the really cool thing is you can drink it hot or cold. Um, I tried it both ways over the past day or so. I had a cup yesterday 
And then I loved it so much when Big Daddy got up today. I was like, dude, drop everything. You're drinking this coffee. <laughs> and he looked at me like, are you crazy? I'm like, no, 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 no. You must have it. Yeah. So the notes themselves are really, really unique. If you can imagine it, the flavor notes on this coffee is kind of like a blend, believe it or not, of shaved dark chocolate, cognac, and stout beer. Um, now, it's all non-alcoholic, but it's very rich, and the notes are complex, and you it hits your nose before you even take a sip. And the sip itself, I swear, you will never have a better-tasting cold brew. And I'm a cold food aficionado. I'm a coffee aficionado. Coffee snob. <laughs> but I have to say, when I tell you guys that this is one of the best cups of coffee that I've ever had. I am not kidding. So I'm going to put the details in the notes. Um, I think everyone owes it to themselves, if you're a coffee fan, to try it and familiarize yourself with this very unique way of, of brewing coffee. Um, and the really cool thing is it's free shipping, which is amazing this time, during this time of year. So it's a great way to support an incredible brand of coffee, a small business owner, um, but one that really is incredibly great. And the cool thing is you can buy the pouch individually like we did, or if you subscribe, you can subscribe so you get it like once a month or so, and you save 25% off. So um, if you look to subscribe, that'll be also a really cool way to um support Justin. I loved it so much. I emailed him and said, hey, look, we're going to give you a shout out on the podcast. Um, what would you like to, us to tell our listeners? And so if you're looking to subscribe, it'll be a great way to support him all the more since a lot of his wholesale partners, unfortunately, have to shutter. Um, one more thing, since we were talking about restaurants, okay. even though I didn't have a chance to eat it this week, for those who've listened to the restaurants, um, or our podcast in the past, you know that one of the restaurants that I truly love is a great restaurant. They have different locations, but the one I love specifically is in Wickard Park. It's called Tour Jours. And it is, for those who are not familiar with it, it's a Korean-French fusion restaurant. So, again, so incredibly good. Both styles of food that I'm obsessed with Korean food, as well as French food is Big Daddy knows, so it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Um, I would recommend going back over our previous podcast where we've talked about it before. But I had a chance to communicate recently with the head chef over there, and he had told me about this really incredible thing that they're doing. So I wanted to share it with our listeners. Okay. So right now, as in many restaurants, what they are doing is they are still available, although previously you could dine in, you could do curbside pickup, you could do um, delivery as well, although he gave me a really tip just as a side note. If there's a way you can do curbside pickup with your favorite restaurants as opposed to delivery, definitely do that because he let me know, as a lot of restaurants have hinted to as well, that when you do delivery with organizations like DoorDash and Grubhub and all of that, although they are a great convenience, in many cases, it really severely cuts 
um, the bottom line of these restaurants because so much of it goes to delivery companies and so little actually goes to the restaurant. So first of all, if you love a restaurant, give them a call. See if you can do a curbside. They'll really appreciate it. But back to Tour Leisure's and what they're doing is so amazing is they put together packages and one of the packages they offer is a pastry package. So for every pastry package that you purchase from Tour Leisure's, I know, say that three times fast. Tour Leisure's. <laughs> With pinky finger in there. Yes. They will actually deliver a care package to the wonderful staff at Presence Health at St. Elizabeth's, which is a healthcare facility which, like many of them, are in the battle right now against the COVID-19 virus. And they're right down the street. So it's a great way for you to sample some of their incredible pastry, which I have to say is top-notch. Um, at the same time, you can help those in need and brighten the days of those who are fighting the coronavirus on our behalf. So it's kind of a win-win. I will put details in the show notes as well on how you can get directly in, in touch with them. And again, if there's any way that you can support the work that they do and still support the restaurant as well, please do so because they're a worthy organization and their food is top notch. Mm, okay. Tight. Yes. So this wraps up another episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. Big Daddy, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at T Outlaw. That's T. L-U-T-L-A-W. Yes, I can spell. <laughs> and on Instagram at Tiala Josie Wells. You can find me, JJ Outlaw, at JJ Outlaw on Twitter, at the Gourmet, at Gourmet Goober, brother, on Instagram. Please shoot us a line and let us know how you like the show at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com or visit our website at thegourmetgoober.com. Also, just as a reminder, if you want to support the show, there's many ways you can do so. You can give us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. In fact, we just want to give shout outs to those who gave us a five star rating on the show. Um, you can support us by going to gooperswag.com. That's where you can take advantage of our great store and get everything from aprons to mugs to t-shirts and jackets. So, you know, if you're like us, and a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet, you can now wear it on the shirt. <laughs> you can also find me out in the streets and hand me a dollar, but, you know, I will not do the truffle shuffle or whatever. That no. is true. Although make sure to wear gloves and practice social distancing. Yes. <laughs> So for Big Daddy and I, the Gourmet Goober podcast, until next time, please be safe and happy eating. Happy eating.